thrilled that actually somebody came. I am. Somebody showed up. You must love Jesus as well as you love Pastor Rich and Clarissa. We love Pastor Rich and Clarissa. They are marvelous people. They are a gift to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the body of Christ, but they're also a gift to this fellowship. And we certainly uh, pray the blessing of the Lord upon this time of sabbatical for them and uh, rest, refreshing, renewing, all those things that we prayed and kind of prophesied for them last week. But what that means, as far as the pulpit is concerned here, is that you and I are going to spend eight weeks together. Ooh. I will try not to wear you out after one. But we are excited about it. We love this fellowship. We certainly love you. And we're so excited because we love Jesus. We love the Lord. And uh, what, a, what a great place to be among a people who love Jesus and who honor him. Uh, it is for some period of time now that Pastor Rich and I have been, uh, he has graciously invited me to sort of share some of the teaching load, especially uh, it kind of evolved during COVID and now has survived past that to what we're doing online and sharing online uh, in Christ's Life Training. And it's, it's just a, a wonderful opportunity. I am honored uh, to be a part and partner in that with Pastor Rich. Uh, and today, uh, since we're doing that, I, I just thought we should launch a series where we actually talk about the Christ life. And so that's what we're going to do for the next eight weeks. Now, if that's not a term that's familiar to you or you're wondering, how do you spell it? Is it two words? Is it one? It doesn't matter how you see it in print. It's one concept. It's one word. And it's a word that I, I kind of came across, whether I discovered it in print or, or just kind of invented. I can't remember all of that. But I remember about 40-some years ago, as a believer, uh, an excited young man in the faith, I was young once. As an excited young man in the faith, I just, I, I would love when people would ask me about the hope that lies inside of me. You know, they're supposed to do that. How many of you know that? They're not supposed to say, are you okay? Why are you so miserable? There's a, there's a place for joy and happiness and enthusiasm and the light and the life of the Spirit of God that is in us. And so uh, I love it when people ask, what, what's, what's that all about? What's that? Why are you this way? What, where does this energy come from? Are you just a coffee addict or what is that? And, and I, I used to try to explain to them in, in some short version that it was a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that Christ was alive and well, and that I was in a personal relationship with him. It was him and me and me and him. And, and, and the longer I went on, the more their eyes would draw, some like yours, where their eyes begin to glaze over. And it's like, that's too long. That's too much to have to explain. Now, we know that's the truth. This powerful faith, this grace that God has provided through Christ, this, this glory of living with a living God, that's our privilege. That's our passion. That's our partnership. This is, the, this is who we are, and this is what we do and present to the world. But to, to explain it every time you're asked is, is really difficult without a, a word or a, or a concept. And so was born this concept of the Christ life. Because if you give me uh, eight weeks, I'll explain it to you in full detail. But if you only give me a minute on an elevator or in passing to talk about it, I can say it's the Christ life and challenge you to understand that this is the understanding of how God is alive in us and we are alive in him for 
forevermore. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to examine five fundamentals, five unchanging in every nation. These are always the truth at every age that you live. These truths are unchanging. They are fundamentals. They are foundational principles. In fact, when I say fundamental, I mean they're fun. When you, under, when you understand this, this living relationship with God, it's so much better than religion. It so far outstrips church. Really. I mean, even cool church. It just does. It's this, it's this exciting, glorious living relationship with the Lord. And so uh, these fundamental truths are what we're going to examine, five of them. And then there are three bees that kind of follow this. And I don't mean buzzing bees. I mean be. You know, be this, be that, be the other. And the three would be believe, become, and behave. Oh, behave. <laughs> yes, because we are, we are called to live like Christ. We're called to become more like Christ. This, this partnership has a power to morph us and change us day by day, more and more into the image of God through Christ. Amen? So this is what we're going to talk about. And in a simple word, in a simple term, the Christ life is Jesus. We'll talk about that. But the scripture that I want to take you to, and I could take you to pretty much any place in the scripture, but for today, to launch this series, let's go to John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, Jesus is kind of come to that point in life where he has not just showed them the Father, showed them what a partnership of ministry looks and feels and how it impacts, but he is also transferring this ministry to the disciples. He's going to go from Jesus in person ministry to Jesus in persons ministry. So what they would have to come to Christ for, they can now come to any member of the body of Christ. At least that's the idea. That's the ideal, if you will. And so it is in this context that he's talking to them about the way he's done ministry and the way he has raised them up to do ministry and this transfer of power that's going to take place for them. And it's an interesting setting because uh, it's kind of that, like that Last Supper, pre-Passover kind of gathering. And, uh, and so he's ministering to them. And he talks about, you know, the way that he's going and the truth and all of this. And uh, I love these two disciples that speak up. Thomas speaks up first saying, I have no clue what the way is. How many times do you think that, that that was probably true of many of the disciples? You know, Jesus would say something and they would all go, I got nothing. You know, does that ever happen to you in your life? Happens to me in mine every now and then. He'll just say, hey, you want me to what? Huh? Uh. And I got nothing. And so I love Thomas. Thomas says, look, I don't even have a clue what the way is. Maybe everybody else knows, but I'm... I'm, I'm a little slow in the uptake, so would you help me? And I love this. Here's what Jesus says. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. The Christ life is Jesus. You've got to catch this. This is the reality. It is all a part of a living relationship with Christ. If he's not alive forevermore, none of this works. But if he is alive forevermore, this is what he's called us to, this Christ life. And so he begins to talk to them then about the mechanics of it that I'm going to go to the Father, and then I'm going to come back to you, and it's going to be the Father and me and the Holy Spirit, and all of us are going to be there. And, and Philip, again, Philip, who's confused by this point, says, I have no clue 
would you just show us the Father? Would you just like, do you have a picture in your wallet? Show us the Father and we'll be more satisfied than we are now. And here's what, what Jesus says. Have I been with you? This is starting in verse number nine. Philip says in verse eight, Lord, show us the Father. It's enough for us. Jesus says, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Now, this is kind of mysterious. You're going to have to get this. Three words are going to come up today. They're not going to be on the screen right now, but mark them down in your mind. One of them is mystery. Amen. Because there's a bit of a mystery in this whole thing. And the good news is where there's a mystery, there can also be a mastery. You can begin to understand, unlock, and, and get a handle on how this actually works in order that the ministry of Christ will be done. And so it's mystery, ministry, uh, mystery, mastery, and ministry that we're going to be talking about. So he says to him, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Now, again, there's a bit of a mystery here. Jesus is saying, all you guys see is me, but I see the Father. And the Father is actually working, and so I'm working. Because the Father is speaking, I'm speaking. It is this mysterious, powerful relationship. It's a spiritual vision and understanding. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. For truly, truly, I say to you, whoever subsequently believes, all the way down to 2022 and June 19th, and this little household of faith, everyone who believes on me will do greater works than I do and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, you can try to undo this scripture all you want to, but it's at once the most exciting and condemning word. Amen. Exciting because it says there's immense possibility. Condemning because you look in the mirror at what we're actually asking God for. We're believing God for. And the good news is that can change. Wow. You missed a real good chance. There it was. There it was. You missed a really good chance for an amen. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. So now you've got to catch this. Now we've got the Father, and we've got the Son, and we've got the Holy Spirit living in us. Amen. Somebody's starting to get it. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not know him, it neither sees him nor knows him, knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you in Christ, and he will be in you at this saving and then baptizing with the Holy Spirit experience. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world will not see me, but you will see me. 
And because I live, you also will live. And in that day, catch this verse. In that day, verse 20, John 14, you will know that I am in the Father, my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Now, that's a lot of talk. Or you can just say, that's the Christ life. Amen. That's the Christ life. That's the word. And in a word, the Christ life is Jesus. But, but that word doesn't completely say it well enough. So we have to really kind of connect. We use around this house, connect, grow, go, as a kind of a, a methodology for how we learn anything. You have to first get a handle on it. You have to connect to it. It has to connect with something inside of you. And then you begin to understand uh, that, that what you know should cause you to feel a certain way and start to understand things that you don't understand. So that's the grow piece. Then it ought to finally result in some activity, some action, some movement. And that's the go piece that we use. And so let's connect with this. Here's a Christ life statement that, that I think I've lived by for, for 40 plus years now. And it has served me wonderfully well. I've never had to change this. And so I want to I prefer it to you. And I want to say, this will, this will preach anywhere you go. Jesus Christ, here it is. Jesus is alive and active in our, in fact, why doesn't everybody, is that up there on the screen? Yeah, why don't all of us read this together? Jesus is alive and active in our everyday world, building his church through Holy Spirit-empowered And he is alive forevermore. And now you and I and everyone who believes is a part and partner in the body of Christ. Amen. Just like he could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You and I are supposed to be able to say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. I told you it was exciting. I also told you it's kind of condemning <laughs> because this is the possibility of what we could live up to. And so I, I just want to I just want to say when we get to the go piece, that's really what we need to do. We need to go deeper. We need to go forward. We need to grow in the faith and, and the grace and the understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, here's the understanding part is understand this is the ministry that all of us are called to. Everybody, you don't have to be uh, a preacher of the gospel or a singer of songs or uh, a creator of poetry and art and any other kind of thing uh, in order to be in full-time ministry for the Lord. Every believer is called to embody the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The power, the presence, the will, the work of God in the earth is done through the body of Christ and every one of us. doctor to heal this sick person and change their situation. And they are continually frustrated because no matter how much they spend on research, no matter how educated they are, no matter how many years they pour into it, they still struggle against things, simple things like COVID, more complex things like, like blindness and deafness and these congenital diseases. But I, I have had the privilege in Jesus' name of standing and, and laying my hands, these weak, flimsy hands, on somebody who is blind in the name of Jesus and seeing God touch them and give them sight. Seeing God touch a deaf person and bring hearing to them. It's exciting to be able to do. These guys, they paid hundreds of thousands. I didn't pay a thing. Christ paid it. Christ paid it. Christ paid it all. Amen. Amen. This is the glory that God has given to us, and this is the ministry. Now, be, be understanding of this, that when we understand this ministry, it is not what we do for Jesus. We've come to understand ministry that way, and it's wrong. Ministry without a continuing powerful partnership with Christ doesn't make sense. It's a lonely place. It's a hopeless kind of place. You know, how, how are you doing? How's your relationship with the Lord? Go, well, I, 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 I hope everything's okay. I'm kind of trying to follow the punch list. Don't this, don't that, do this, do that. And it talks so much about all this stuff we do for the Lord. I, I, I've been called to live for the Lord from the dawn, sorry, till the setting sun. And if you warble when you say it, it's supposed to give it more power. And here's the truth. Honey, you're not called to work for the Lord. You are called to work with the Lord. Amen. And within the Lord. Well, I'm not with the Lord and I'm not within him. Well, then you need to get there. Because that's the place to start. Life is in Christ. The ministry is in Christ because the ministry is Christ. Amen. He's alive. He's moving. He's working in the world. It's, it's not us for him and it's not him for us. Great faith causes God to, to move from some faraway perch and act on our behalf. That is not the truth of God at all. God isn't distant. He's present. He's alive, he's well, he's working in the world right here, right now, and he'll do it with or without you. The good news is some of us want to get on board. Amen. And that excites the heart of God, and it excites our hearts as well. So it's not us for him or him for us. Uh, Paul writes it from a different perspective. Jesus says it from a divine perspective. 
you'll be in me, I'll be in you. We'll be in the Father, the Father will be in us, the Holy Spirit will be here. It's all, it's all this mishmash of living relationships. Here's the way Paul writes about it when he writes to the Galatians. He says it in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And it goes something like this. I'll, I'll quote from King James because I understand it. I did a lot of memorizing in it when I first got saved. I lived before the NIV. Anyway, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Liveth, if you want that King James, in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. There's a lot of living going on. And there's a little bit of dying going on. Amen. Crucified with Christ, but alive with Christ. That's why we baptize people. If you could do it on your own, if you could save yourself, then you should have saved yourself. And you wouldn't need a Savior. But you can't save yourself. You're not capable and pretty much you're not willing. Am I being honest? Okay, it's okay. You're, you're good with that? It's okay because God did the work for us. And so what do we do? Christ lived and died like nobody ever lived and died before. He did everything right that Adam did wrong. He is the full-fledged son of God and son of man. He is the perfect man. And because the father is satisfied with the soul of his son forever and his behavior in the flesh, he puts him to death as the lamb slain for the sins of the whole world. And in him, he is raised up from the dead to satisfy the heart of the Father. You and I have a place of salvation in Christ Jesus. This brings me to a powerful key understanding. And I don't, I'm not trying to rock your world or scare you about anything, but I, I, I want to be as clear as crystal when I say this. We have mistakenly been hearing a gospel preached in this way. And some of us have mistakenly transferred this to the way we preach the gospel. So just hold on to your hat, Harriet, for just a second. We do not invite Jesus into our lives. All you got to do is just invite Jesus into your life and everything will change. Just invite the Lord. It's still your life. And he comes in as far as you'll let him. You're going to have to wrestle with that forever. You know, that is not the truth of the gospel of God. I mean, honestly, a holy, gracious, glorious, white as lightning God of heaven. And I mean white in the most pure, beautiful sense. This brighter than the noonday sun, obliterating everything else. Why would he want to live in a place like this? Invite Jesus into your, your awful, selfish, wicked, addicted. Come on, Lord, you'll love it here. Why would he want to? Because that's not the gospel of God. You have to have a living relationship with him. You have to say yes to God. You have to, to die to yourself. But here's the reality. Christ has come to be the Savior, the one, 
the only, the Son of God, and He, by grace, invites you and me and everyone in Adam's race into His life. Hallelujah. It's the life of Christ. It's the Christ life. And He says, look, if you stay out there on your own, you're never going to make it. So come unto me. Amen. You know, you've labored, you're heavy laden, you're burdened down here. Here, you'll find rest for your soul. Here, you will find a place of communion with God. You'll find a place of communication with God. You will find a place of power with God and partnership with God. Hallelujah. Christ is inviting us into his powerful life. How many of you understand? There's, it's not just semantics. There is substance in this difference. We do not invite Jesus into our life. In fact, the plan is that you let go of your life. That's why we baptize you. You're dead to yourself and your sins and your stuff. The wreck's life is supposed to be left in the water when we baptize me. Why? Because I am raised up to walk in Christ. In the newness of life in Christ. Is anybody catching? I think you are. This is the calling of God. This is the ministry to which he has called us. He, called us. he invites us into his life. Now, uh, when you do that, the, your response should be, okay, this is a big mystery. You know, this, this, this partnership with God causes me to have way more questions than I have answers. This inviting Jesus into my life, I've got that figured out. I don't do it well. And you shouldn't because it doesn't work. You're continually having to do stuff about you. You're the star of the show. On your best days, you think God owes you something. But you don't have that many best days. Most of the time, the devil tells you you're not worth anything. And you believe it because of the evidence of your life. It's not supposed to be about you. It's about him. Amen. It's not the Rex life. It's the Christ life. It's not the Brian life. It's not the Chris life. It's the Christ life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He calls us to be in him. And this is a, a marvelous, powerful partnership. We unlock the mystery by understanding this in terms of a living relationship with God through Christ. It is by grace through faith that he opens his life to us and calls us to enter in. Read through all the New Testament epistles, and here's the phrase that you will read again and again and again. In him. In him. In him. Through him. One, one of them gets carried away and says, of him, to him, through him, from him, everything. Amen. Amen. That's their way of saying this is the experience of the Christ life. This is unlocking the mystery of the Christ life. And really, it's all through the scripture. When you read through the scripture, scriptures, the power of this partnership is how Jesus did ministry. Do you get that? In the scripture we've read today, he says it in verses 10 and 11. Uh, let God just remind you what it says in 10 and 11. He says, uh, believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works. He's, I'm saying I don't speak on my own authority. It's the Father who dwells in me who does the work. 
So he's saying that I'm in a living relationship with the Father. In John chapter 10, can I take you back there real quickly? John chapter 10, look at verse number 30, or at least mark this one down. Uh, verses 37 and 38. He was asked specifically uh, if he's the Christ, if he is, and he tells them he is. I am the Son of God. This is my Father. We are in a relationship. And because of this, they take up stones to stone him to death. Because of this equalizing relationship, somehow being in the Father and the Father in you makes you kind of a, a part of that God thing that's going on. And they would have called that blasphemy. That's what they say to him in verse 36. You're blaspheming. Because you, he, well, he says to them, you, you say to me, I'm blaspheming because I said I'm the son of God. If I am not, this is verse 37 of chapter 10 of John. If I am not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. Wouldn't it be great if that was the standard for ordination and ministry? Jesus did ministry. It was a mystery. They didn't understand it. And he doesn't take the time to explain it other than to say, yep, it's a mystery. But it's also a mystery that I'm going to pass that on to you guys. Amen. The same way the Father did ministry in me, we're going to do ministry in you. The same glory that the Father gave me, this is John 17, the same glory that the Father gave me, I'm going to give to you guys so that we can all be one together that we can be united in this relationship. The same way the Father sent me, I'm going to send you. The same works that the Father did through me, I'm going to do through you. Such a quiet house when we talk like that. Because, again, because that's, that's just proof that there's a possibility out there. There's a Christ-like calling that we need to move into in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. So this is how he expects us to do ministry. Uh, the same things that I've done, truly, truly, I say to you, those works and, and greater works than these because of what will happen. Because of what? Because in verse 20, he's saying it'll be the Father and me and the Holy Spirit in you and you in us. This Christ life, powerful partnership. Amen. And it'll never be less than a mystery. Are you hearing me? It'll never, you'll never be able to say, okay, two plus two is four. It's a mathematic equation. No, it isn't. It's a messy life relationship. Amen. It involves dying to yourself and living to God. It involves growing and learning and understanding. And the minute you think, I got this figured out, he'll change the equation. Amen. I got the whole body of Christ figured out. I'm a hand. I do handy stuff. And then he goes, watch me do a handstand. And then he walks on his hands. 
for 25 pages. Some of you missed that. You'll have to take the tape and listen to it or the, the recording and listen to it later. But this is the reality. There's not one way to do this. There's not one way to heal the sick. There's not one way to raise the dead. There's not one way. It's a part of a partnership with the Father. And whatever he's doing, we're doing. Why? Because he's doing it. And he's doing it in and through us. This is the Christ life. And so uh, what do we do? We grow into it. We learn it. We unlock the mystery. And then as we, as we learn it, we unleash this mastery. Every now and then, here's a good way of saying this, unleash the mastery. Are you ready? Here's the high quality picture of how this sophisticated way that this works. Every now and then you get it right. Does that encourage anybody but me? I know some of you are going, I don't want to do it till I can be perfect at it. Then you don't want to grow in the grace and the faith of God. Because the reality is you won't be perfect to start with. You'll mess it up. You'll, 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 you'll have your own resurrection moments. In, in and among the Jesus moments, there'll be a bunch of Brian moments that pop up in the middle of it all. And whenever they do, the enemy's going to come on and say, oh, you're not worth anything, rah, rah, and try to, try to cast you away. But God is going to call you to the, to the Christ life. He's going to call you to himself. He's going to say, hey, it's okay. This is a cooperation with God. He's working, and we're working in and with and through him. In John 15, he goes on to basically say, one of the pictures that will help you with this is an agricultural picture. It's a picture of a vine and branches. I'm the vine, you're the branches. And so your life and your power to, to reproduce and to let the, the life and the strength and the vibrancy and the, the sap that is in the vine flow to meet the needs of people is a part of your connectedness with me. You've got to abide in the vine. And when you abide in me, then fruitfulness will happen. You will become, we will become more and more like Christ. Amen. You'll find yourself caring about people that you never cared about before. And it's not even something you ask for. Oh, God, give me a great burden for the marginalized and those who have been just shoved to the edge of society. No, it doesn't happen quite that way. It's a lot messier. Sometimes it's as simple as you driving through a neighborhood and, and seeing a whole bunch of people hanging out on the corners and you just kind of grumble and mumble to yourself, somebody ought to do something about that. Or you read a news story and, and it's some gun violent kind of thing and you go, somebody ought to do something about that. And you can go to God. And God will say, well, are you a somebody? Because I'd like to do something about some of this. And I just need somebody to do it with me. Amen. You say, that won't work. Listen, have you ever heard of Convoy of Hope? Convoy of Hope is a powerful ministry that has touched hundreds of millions of people all around the world with compassion. And it's not just disaster relief. It's not just feeding the children. It's seven different initiatives that are going on around the clock, around the world, all of the time. Do you know how Convoy of Hope started? It started because a journalist living in a cushy neighborhood in Sacramento, California, would drive past a neighborhood that was depressed and broken down. And every day he would say to God as a believer, somebody ought to do something about the needs in this neighborhood. And God said, Hal Donaldson, aren't you a somebody? And Hal said, yeah, 
I'm not everybody, but I am somebody, and I can do something. And so he got himself a pickup truck, and he talked his brothers into helping him, and they started giving out groceries in that very neighborhood. You say, that doesn't change the world. That didn't change everything. It made a difference to some of the people in that neighborhood that day. And God blessed them, and God blessed them, and God blessed them, and God blessed them. And today, he is the founding partner and president of Convoy of Hope International. Amen. This is the reality. What could God do through you and me if we were yielded to this partnership of the crisis? Amen. Jesus' answer when he was accused of working on the Sabbath is a pretty simple but a powerful answer. He said, the reason I'm working on the Sabbath is because my father is working. It's my father who's working. Here you go. Here you go. It's my father who's working. Because the father's working, then the son is also working. How many of you believe that God, in fact, let me ask this with every head up and every eye wide open. If you believe that Jesus Christ is actually alive and well and operating in the earth today, and wants to move and build his church through Holy Spirit-empowered disciples. If you believe that, wave your hand at me. Okay, good. That's a good start. Now, I, here's the next question. is a little harder. You want to be one of them? If you want to be one of them, I want you to jump up to your feet. I don't not stand. Jump. There you go. Pop. Boom. There you go. Some of you go, pop ended 25 years ago in my world. Okay, creep. Whatever it takes, but get up on your feet and sit. Now look at the look look around you in this house. In in about three years, God changed the face of Israel, this tiny little agricultural nation, known for its monotheism and its worship of the one true God, knew nothing of who Jesus was. They experienced nothing but religion for all their years. And in three short years, Jesus impacted their world. So much so that thousands of people came out. Tens of thousands of people followed him into wilderness places. When he entered into Jerusalem on that Friday, there were so many people. The crowds were crying out in recognition. God made an impact on the world. Through Christ. Amen. And now, there are hundreds of us. Amen. There are, online, there are thousands of us. What could God do if we lived and moved in the power of the Christ of God? How many of you want to find out? Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, then, help us. Help us. Help us. You're calling us to something higher and greater and more powerful than we're currently living in. Thank you for this truth today. Thank you for the, 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 the virtue that you are bringing to us and a sense of calling. I can literally, we can feel it in this house that you're alive and well and that you're calling us to something. We can also feel the sense of mystery and the sense that we don't have a full mastery of it yet. But help us. Help us, we pray. Help us over this eight weeks to grow in our understanding. Help us to grow on a day-by-day -day basis in our apprehension of it so that we can obtain the thing for which we've been called in the Spirit of God. And that we can find ourselves at the end of this series of truths, not just knowing something more, but being somebody who's being changed 
and morphed into the image of Jesus Christ the Lord, in whose name we all pray and everybody said, Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.